You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. those of you who don't know, that is ACDC's Highway to Hell. And I think right now, with where we are at with the preparation for the NFL draft, it sometimes feels like that's really where we're at. It, it's a place right now where um, Ryan from Columbus is off of Twitter for whatever reason, I'm assuming, because of what draft Twitter has kind of done to him. I've watched Matt Miller of Bleacher Report, who I have met a number of times personally and engaged with on a regular basis, uh, become more and more uh, frustrated, whatever other term we want. And so let's get this draft here. Let's get it going. I know for Browns fans, it's always our Super Bowl, but I think this year there's just something different about it. And so today's topic is is maybe a little bit out there. Uh, please know it's not my idea to try to create any type of hot take really, or even kind of a rumor, or just a talk to talk. It really is just an interesting conversation uh, that I've kind of had in my head that I had a little bit on the Locked On Niners podcast uh, when they had me on uh, Monday. And so uh, I kind of wanted to flesh it out here a little bit. And I want to start with why I believe that the Cleveland Browns are more likely to trade up than to trade back, and why I think what we've seen from them last year and this year actually fits together pretty, pretty well. And then we'll finish with the trade idea that I have. So starting out, I think last year was interesting. Obviously, it was a new experience for all of them, but uh, they really were able to kind of create a foundation with all the picks that they had, uh, 14 draft picks, along with the 15th, which is Jamar Taylor, that they brought in, along with all the undrafted free agents, the Browns were able to really focus on depth along with some quality players. It's not like the Browns traded completely out of the first round uh, and they didn't trade back from the 33rd pick uh, where they got Emmanuel Ogba. Corey Coleman was a very good wide receiver prospect. A lot of people liked him. Some didn't. Ogba uh, had a better rookie year than Khalil Mack had. Um, you saw some things out of Spencer Drango that you really didn't expect uh, when he was forced to play some. Um, you really didn't see anything out of Sean Coleman, but Carl Nassib played better than we expected. Uh, had his hand injury, the same thing that Corey Coleman had, uh, which caused some issues for him. But his length is very interesting, whether or not it's a good fit in what Greg Williams wants to do. Uh, we're waiting to see that. Cody Kessler, even as a quarterback, really wasn't someone that we expected a lot out of. And I think we saw a lot more than we expected. I think he was better than we expected. And I think what that has done, along with all of the draft picks the Browns have, again, I know I, I hammer it home, but it's important to realize that within the next little over 13 months, somewhere in that area, the Browns currently have four I'm sorry, three first-round picks and five second-round picks, right? So in the span of 
13 months, they have the opportunity to draft eight stud players. Really, that's what you're looking at in the first and second round. You want stud players. You want starters in the third and fourth round. And then you want special teams guys uh, and some depth between the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. And so the Browns have an opportunity to add eight stud guys. I actually don't think they will do that because, as we saw in free agency, they really focused on quality over quantity. And so they saw someone in Kenny Britt who, while maybe doesn't have the upside of Trail Pryor, um, and maybe wasn't like Alshon Jeffrey looking for one big payday and an opportunity to compete, they saw a quality wide receiver. They went aggressively after him, and they got him early. In Kevin Zeitler, they saw the best right guard, maybe the best offensive lineman in free agency. They went after him aggressively, and they got him. In J.C. Treader, they saw the best center in free agency, and they went out and got him. Also, when we look at the offensive line, obviously Joel Batonio uh, getting his extension, we also know that free agency, outside of a couple other guys, the Browns got two of the best offensive linemen. And we know that the draft is pretty bad at offensive line. Uh, there's a few guards and centers that are good. Maybe one or two tackles that will go in the first round in Ramchek and uh, the kid out of Cam Robinson out of Alabama. But besides that, there's not a lot of great offensive line prospects coming. So the Browns not only went aggressive at some of the top players in free agency at positions that they thought kind of made sense, they didn't really go with a quantity effect. And so since then, we haven't really, we've heard noise. Kellen Davis was in for a visit. Bradley McDougal was in for a visit. There's still some talk of TJ McDonald, but I'm going to say that that's probably slowly kind of going away a little bit um, for a variety of reasons, including his off the field issues. So the Browns last year went with depth. They went with a a young group, uh, not only the draft picks, but the undrafted free agents and really wanted to put together the foundation of their team. Now, the Browns are looking in free agency to for the cream to kind of rise to the top. And so that also leads to the possibility that the Browns are looking for the cream to rise to the top when it comes to the draft. We have no expectation that Miles Garrett will be anything but the number one overall pick. We have no expectation that they will trade down almost for anything. And so... Um, I have it on good authority that the Browns would not trade down for anything even close to what they traded out of number two for last year. Remember, they traded down to number eight, then they traded down to 15. So not only will they not, they're unlikely to trade down last year, whatever that trade, the first trade was, isn't even close to what they would expect in this trade. The only team that even has a chance in my mind would be the Tennessee Titans who have the fifth and 18th pick. Uh, and whatever else that they can add to that process uh, to get up to number one. I don't know what that would take for the Browns, but that just seems highly unlikely. But if the Browns could have 5, 12, and 18, along with their two second-round picks and maybe a third from the Titans or whatever, maybe that gets the deal done. But I think that's unlikely on both parts. I don't think the Browns uh, are willing to give up Miles Garrett. They think they see him as a generational talent. And again, they're trying to find the cream to rise to the top. And number two, I don't think the Titans think they're one player away, right? And so um, I don't think they see just Miles Garrett as being enough, and they've already don't have a second-round pick. 
the Browns have it at 52. And so I think trading away more picks doesn't make a lot of sense to them uh, unless they could straight get it for five and 18. And even then, I think that would be unlikely on both sides. That leads me to the, the process towards which the Browns could end up with three top 12 picks. And the process goes a little something like this. The New Orleans Saints have visited with New England Patriots cornerback Malcolm Butler, who is a restricted free agent. Butler was placed uh, with a first-round restricted free agent tag by the New England Patriots, meaning if the New Orleans Saints sign Butler, they will have to turn over the number 11 pick to New England. Now, that's unlikely, but they have been visiting with him. And the Patriots and the Saints have already worked out the deal, worked out a deal already that allowed the Patriots to pick up their wide receiver. And so, hmm, maybe the Patriots and the Saints work something out, make it a little bit easier. Maybe the Patriots get back number pick number 32 instead of pick 11. But with having pick 11 and 32 and New England having a desperate need to upgrade their defense, it's possible that Malcolm Butler could be that guy and worth it to New Orleans, who are trying to um, kind of finish off Drew Brees' career, right? And so they've struggled because their defense has been so, so terrible, right? And so um, they were willing to give up Brandon Cooks to New England for the 33rd or for 32nd pick because they need to upgrade their defense. And so maybe they see Malcolm Butler as that upgrade. Maybe the Saints and the Patriots are able to work out some deal that's not just straight 11 for Butler. And maybe that's where the Browns could possibly come in, whether it's on the front end or the back end after a deal is made. If the Patriots end up with number 11, I would expect Bill Belichick to raffle that ticket off. Belichick seems to love second round picks. There's less guaranteed money there. Um, and he feels more, um, he feels free to kind of go after whatever he really, really wants without having the pressure of kind of paying whatever the number 11 pick is over five seasons. So that's where the Browns can come in. The Patriots could, could come out of kind of their New Orleans Patriots Browns trade with Brandon Cooks. They've already got Stefan Gilmore to replace Malcolm Butler. So that's a wash. They're good. And then if they make a trade with the Browns, say number 33 and two second round picks next year, or number 33 and a first round pick next year, or whatever variety of that could come up, maybe it's 33 and 52 plus maybe a second round pick next year, whatever Again, to assume I know exactly how those trades would go would just be ridiculous. Um, you could tell me I'm paying too much, too little. But with all of the second-round picks, as well as the first-round pick the Browns have next year of their own, you could see a very simple solution where the Browns take two, three, four of those second-round picks and turn that into the number 11 pick in the draft. Because remember, the Browns don't have a lot of roster spots. They have a lot of young guys that they've spent time developing that they're not just going to want to throw away. And so while those second round picks obviously are very valuable, the idea of picking number one 
number 11, and number 12, and possibly still having the 52nd pick, has a ton of value and a ton of fit for where the Browns want to be. So that means they could pick Miles Garrett at number one, pick their quarterback at number 11, and still get another defensive stud at number 12. Or if they want to get really greedy on the offensive side of the ball where they've put a lot of resources, they could get Miles Garrett, the quarterback at 11, and then maybe O.J. Howard at 12. It's very possible that the Browns could leave this NFL draft with three picks in the top 12. It's possible. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not even saying it makes a ton of sense for the Browns, right? Because the difference between pick 11 and pick 33 in this draft, to me, may not be huge. There may be some names at number 11 that you like a little bit better. But let's say the Browns would have gone with Garrett and a quarterback at 12 and then gone with someone like Buda Baker, uh, OB from UConn. Um, there's a ton of other free safeties at 33. So if that was what they were going to do and then maybe something else at 52, maybe one of the other tight ends, maybe another defender, there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of talent there. It may be more beneficial to the Browns to go with a little bit of quantity because of the depth of the quality. Who knows? But for the Patriots, they could leave with Brandon Cooks, Stephon Gilmore instead of Malcolm Butler, so basically pay one cornerback instead of the other, drop basically down one draft pick from 32, which they traded for Brandon Cooks, to 33, plus however many other picks the Browns would have to give up to make that work. Again, whether that's 52, which I think the Patriots would really want based on kind of what they've done this year and how they want to kind of load up for a Tom Brady's last run, or if that's two second-round picks next year along with 33 this year, the Patriots make out, right? They started off with 32 and a restricted free agent in Malcolm Butler that they were going to have to pay. They leave with Brandon Cooks, 33, and Stephon Gilmore, right? So they've already upgraded kind of Brandon Cooks for one pick down. The question starts with, does it make sense for the Saints, right? And that's really where everything can take a turn, is that do the Saints really want Malcolm Butler? And what are the Saints willing to do? What are the Patriots willing to do to make that happen? I don't know. It doesn't seem like Malcolm Butler has a huge opportunity out there as a restricted free agent. Does Malcolm Butler try to wait until after the draft, which would be crazy, but wait until after the draft so that whatever team signs him doesn't give up their pick until next year? And maybe there's more teams that are willing to kind of jump in at that price with the belief, assumption, whatever term, that maybe they will be good next year and Malcolm Butler will be a big piece of that. I doubt that's the Browns when you're talking about uh, a first-round pick. But, again, if the Browns, Patriots, Saints don't make the moves that I talked about, is it possible for the Patriots to want two of the Browns' second-round picks next year for Malcolm Butler? Would the Browns be willing to sign a cornerback for that big of a price? It's unlikely. 
But again, the really cool thing and why we can have this conversation is the Browns have three first round picks and five second round picks in the next 13 months. They control the NFL draft. They are the center of attention. It's why all the rumors. It's why all the Garoppolo rumors. There was a little bit of Cousins rumors. Mitch Trubisky is kind of the guy now. I expect Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to figure that kind of come back up again. It's why that happens. And it's why, Browns fans, you should be excited. Obviously, the team is 1-15 last year. Obviously, they weren't good. And obviously, they need to get their quarterback. All of those are true. But the Browns have laid a foundation. And their foundation being laid, it gives them the best opportunity to do whatever they can to get the best players possible. They did it in free agency with Treader, Zeitler, and Kenny Britt. Again, when you're looking at free agency, Britt is in there in that kind of conversation because free agency normally has reasons, right? And then they kept Joel Batonio. Except for fans who want first and second round or high free agents at every single position, the Browns' offensive line is taken care of. Based on who they drafted last year, their wide receiver group is kind of taken care of. Their running back group is kind of taken care of. And with Gary Barnage and Seth DeValve, their tight ends are okay. They could take another uh, guy who can kind of do both. It's really on the defensive side of the ball that they need top-level talent. If the Browns left this draft or the next two drafts with a quarterback and everybody else on the defensive side of the ball, they could be in good shape. The problem is I don't know if there's enough space on the roster for all those picks. Something's got to give, and I wonder if there can't possibly be a way for our Cleveland Browns to have picks 1, 11, and 12. What do you think, Browns fans? What would it be would it be worth it to our Cleveland Browns if somehow the Patriots got number 11 because again, I don't think the Saints would make these kind of moves, but if the Patriots got 11 because the Saints Signed Malcolm Butler. What? How many of those second round picks would you be willing to give up? 33 and 52 and a second rounder next year? 33 and a couple of second rounders next year? What would you be willing to do? We might only be talking about a 5% chance, but a 5% chance is still fun to talk about. Thanks for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast. My name is Jared Mueller. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J A R E D. K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great evening and go Browns.